Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 233rd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. How about you? Not too bad. You ever notice there's like a ceiling tile up there that's just like displaced? Would you believe me if I said right above your head there's oh one completely missing? Oh my gosh, I've, just never, I've never noticed that. Yeah. Well, that's that's really it. It happens sometimes. Yeah. Got to get up in there. They just they run away. You just don't know where they go. Yeah. Um, what, what have you been up to? Um, just, uh, I don't know, working, watching Mizzou basketball. That's pretty much it. That's the only things that matter in my life. True, true. Um, did you see the uh, NCAA football is thinking about making some rule changes uh, dealing with the speed of the game or something like that? Yes, I have. It was like they're going to let the clock run. They're not going to stop the clock after first downs until mm-hmm. like the last two minutes of the half or something. Yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but mm-hmm. definitely intended to speed up the game. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure how impactful that's going to be. I, you know, I think I don't know how much time that will truly shave off, but... Are you a fan of three-hour college football games, three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour college football games? Well, let me put it this way, Cameron. College football season is pretty short. True. And some of us love college football. True. And we want to just consume it all day long every day, and that's our escape from the real world. Yeah. And so as long as I'm watching Mizzou football, I'm not thinking about anything else. So Make it five hours. Fi- make it five hours. Okay. And, I mean, okay, in all seriousness, though, uh... I don't really care how long the games are. It's it's whatever. I just I enjoy watching Mizzou football, even if it does take three and a half, four hours. Uh, but I can certainly understand the feasibility of wanting to shave off some time. Um, I wish I, I know a lot of people have said well, they should just shave off some commercial time, which yeah. I of course agree with that. Right. But unfortunately, that's the least likely thing to happen. Of course, yes. Um, but I do wonder if you know. I think. It may not make that much of a difference, but obviously college football, we see a lot le- a lot less upsets in college football than college basketball. Um, you know, there's 11 guys on the field instead of five on the court. and But the games are a lot longer, too. There's a lot more time for the good teams to kind of enforce their will, get back in the game, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I do wonder if shaving off some time could open up a little bit more chance for upsets, but it's probably not enough time to really make a difference. No, I, uh, I think you've got a p- good point there. Uh, shorten the game, make it harder for teams to overcome bad starts potentially. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it feels like a lot of times those matchups, you know, you think of a Georgia or an Alabama, they get down early. It's like, well, don't worry. They always come back. Yeah. They have their third string guys that they'll put in at the end of the, in the fourth quarter. Right. There's are, more time for the teams with, with a lot of depth yeah. to just continue to, to not get tired. Just throw more five-star guys in there yeah. and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, let's see. What uh, we got a lot of Mizzou basketball to talk about, of course. Uh, two games to recap, two to preview. Really coming down the stretch here. Every game is super meaningful for NCAA tournament aspirations and seeding. Um, before we get into all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review where you listen to us, and of course, you can support us directly on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Missouri Sports Pod. Road to, road to 500 subscribers. Yeah. Got a little closer last week. We're inching closer every day. For those of you that subscribed, thank you very much. Yes. 
Um, let's see here. First off, Mizzou lost to Texas A&M 69 to 60. It was kind of a rough game, kind of what we expected. Uh, we were being hopeful, maybe a little too optimistic. Maybe we thought that Texas A&M isn't legit, but it's going to be the end of the season pretty soon. And Texas A&M is going to be the number two seed in the SEC tournament. And we're going to be yeah. like, oh, you know what? Maybe they actually were good all along. Yeah, I think it's time for, for us and for the rest of the college basketball community to, to put some respect on, on Texas A&M's name for sure. They're, they've flown under the radar far too long. They have a legitimate shot at winning the SEC yeah, uh, I think they're a half game back from Alabama right. uh, for the SEC. They've just beaten everybody in their way, basically, in the conference season. So um, it's time that we uh, recognize this is a very good team. Uh, one of the last games of the SEC season is March 4th, Texas A&M at home against Alabama. Wow. Yeah, I don't think the schedule makers... Uh, drew that one up to be kind of a clash of the titans at the end of the season but it's looking like that's what it's going to end up being and of course after texas a and texas a&m beat mizzou they beat tennessee yeah um it just, was a home game for a&m but yeah. they just kind of showed like yeah what two, do you what do you want us to do right like we're they're now 13 and 2 in sec play yeah, back-to-back they're, they're road legit. games in like the two of the toughest places to play in the league uh missouri just and tennessee. this week got into the top 25 yeah. in the polls <laughs> and exactly at number 25 yeah yeah i know i mean obviously rough non-conference schedule um but yeah they lost two kind of those they have two losses that are going to be considered bad losses on their resume at the end of the season but they've it if you win 10 plus games in the sec you're pretty good yeah they're gonna have one of the most unique uh resumes Mm -hmm. at the end of the season i don't know how the you know whenever you and i are you know doing our our seating uh guesses and stuff when when the when the committee is determining the seeds of the ncaa tournament i don't know what they're going to do because in all reality if you look at just the conference season a and m is probably deserving of you know a three four seed honestly if you just if you just assume like extrapolate like what they did in conference season well like well just they must have done played really well in non-conference too you're probably giving them a three seed but they're probably going to be more like a six to eight range or something like that if they keep playing well yeah um and obviously a lot of will depend on what they do in the sec tournament but um yeah they just they the brand of basketball that they're playing right now i don't know i don't want to act like they're uh like a final four contender or something but uh they are inching up there in all of the important metrics and uh Kim Palm now they're 25th uh 21st on offense 48th on defense so yeah they're, they're playing really well yeah they're they're just really good at, at making you play their style of of uh of game which a lot of teams probably don't want to play and yeah. Missouri definitely didn't yeah actually that as I was watching both the A&M and Mississippi State games. Fortunate that we had these games back-to-back because they're so similar opponents. Um, we can kind of just bundle them together here. But it kind of made me realize that maybe we... Like, a Conzo Martin basketball uh, was perhaps more influenced by the opponent than we realized when it was happening. Like... We were just letting teams, like take advantage of us and make, yeah. them, and make us play how they want to play exactly and uh even like obviously Conzo wanted to play 
the same style as Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they were playing each other. But it's obvious now, it's more obvious now that Texas A&M, when they've got the pieces, they're going to make anybody play that style of, of basketball. And so, I don't know, I maybe uh, made me think, like, oh, we talk about these this Dennis Gates team falling back into, like, reminding us, us of Conzo, uh, Conzo-coached teams and... I think more needs to be said about these SEC opponents just uh, having a style and sticking to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else went wrong in this game? I mean, Kobe played well, uh, but Kobe was sh- the Kim Pom MVP. Yeah, twenty-four Shots points. We're not falling for anyone else, right? He was five of seven from three. The rest of the team was four of nineteen. Uh, one huge factor that nobody could really make sense of, and it was talked about after the game, was the lack of points off turnovers. I think A&M turned the ball over 21 times, but we just couldn't capitalize on it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was uh, missing at the rim. I mean, in the A&M game and Mississippi State, Missouri just struggled to score, to convert right at the basket. Mm -hmm. And that's been a bit of a trend all season. uh, As good as Mizzou's offense has been, if it's not a fast break, um, we've struggled a little bit. We saw Sean East multiple times get steals and not be able to convert, get the shot blocked. Uh, Hodge had a couple steals throughout these two games that didn't turn into points or should have been a layup, but we got bailed out by a foul. You know, it's just, I don't know. We got to be converting these better. Um, And, of course, Mizzou was out-rebounded 41-23 to against A&M. They were able to turn things around, though, and beat Mississippi State 66-64 to in overtime. This was a super exciting game. It would have been a little bit better if the team's offenses were scoring a little bit more. There were a lot of empty possessions both ways, but um, back-and-forth game, multiple lead changes. Uh, The game was tied lots of times. Just almost a perfect college basketball game if the offenses were a little were executing a little bit better uh, we'd have had something more like i don't know the tennessee game but close throughout mm-hmm. um, but this one was really exciting super fun to watch yes yeah, it, it was just constantly back and forth neither team ever pulled away at any point um, it was just totally up in the air the whole time i was looking at the uh before this uh these two games, I was looking at the uh, win and loss splits for Mizzou basketball shooting threes, mm. and I calculated that they were shooting like four in SEC play. They were shooting like forty-five percent from three in wins, but twenty-one percent in losses. Whoa! And so I wanted to then look at these two games and see how that stacked up. So in the loss to Texas A&M, Missouri actually shot four, uh, thirty. Five percent from three, but only forty-four percent from two. And then against Mississippi State, Missouri shot thirty-three percent from three and forty-six percent from two. Yeah, I, these games were both kind of anomalies in different ways, especially Mississippi State game, just because I think this is the only this the second game of the season that Missouri has won scoring less than seventy points. Did they they ended up scoring less than seventy, right? Even with overtime. Yeah, sixty-six. Yeah, so. I mean, I guess that's encouraging to to know that Missouri kind of pushed through a terrible matchup, a team they've already lost to earlier this season, uh, didn't look good and didn't play really the the way they normally do. 
uh, and we're still able to come out with a win. And I would say we're the, was the better team for most of the game. Uh, kind of struggled down the stretch, but found a way to, to finish it off. I think I think I'm encouraged by that. That um, they found a way to win to win a game in a different way than they normally do. Okay, so how uh, we talked about in the preview, you know, looking at how is Missouri going to make adjustments off of the first matchup? Are they just going to try to beat Mississippi State at their own game? Are they going to try to run a little bit more? Now, this one was a little different because we had uh, Trey Gomillion back for both of these games. And uh, they put Muhammad Diara out there as a starter mm-hmm. against Mississippi State. So I was having trouble coming up with a take around like the rotations and stuff because they kind of did double down on trying to play bigger. But Diara ended up only playing 17 minutes and fouling out. Mm. So I don't know. I. I it's like, well, it kind of, they came out with the win, but it kind of felt like a game that Mississippi State should win because it was low scoring and both offenses were struggling. I don't know. Yeah, I think we, uh, yeah, it's honestly a great question. And I think I was a little bit scared whenever I saw DR was getting his first start because that was immediately my first thought was like, okay, yep, they are gonna double down and just put put the big lineups out there and just try and beat Mississippi State at their own game which I just don't agree with that as a strategy but um you know, honestly Diara just played a lot better than I was expecting first of all yeah he only played 17 minutes and did foul out he was kind of the sacrificial lamb just like okay <laughs> just go in there and play your best and we'll deal with it um but in some of the minutes he did play man he he has got some some real potential to yeah. be a, an offensive threat and obviously he does provide rebounding that very few other players uh, provide, but um, some of the stuff he was doing on offense, just like he can, he can shoot pretty well, but he was doing some, some drives and stuff, just getting to the basket, like beating his man. Like, I feel like at one point, like he kind of got the ball on the perimeter and beat his man on the drive. And like the defender was like, almost looked shocked. Like, yeah. Whoa, I just got, this dude just ran by me and just had an easy layup. So he was finding open teammates, making incredible passes bounce passes to open our guys cutting to the basket and stuff right and then i would say the other the biggest factor maybe in this game that was different from mississippi state was that gomillion was back and they he kind of like is this interesting asset where he is kind of can play in a smaller lineup like he's probably six four but he kind of has the game of a big man and you know, I think he probably led the team in rebounds. At least it felt like it last night. Ten rebounds. Ten rebounds. It felt like he was everywhere. Three offensive rebounds. Yeah. So he he honestly just kind of filled a role that we've been missing. And honestly, I didn't know that we were missing it right. until I saw him back out there last night and see how he was just I don't know playing very playing really hard and and just cleaning up the boards and stuff. That was super valuable. Uh, Des Moines Hodge, three of nine from three. So he had sixteen points, and he also had three blocked shots and three steals so he was kind of doing it all Mm -hmm. um of course we got to talk about the fantastic finish to this game um there were it was very back and forth there um multiple times where i thought the game was over and they're just a roller coaster of emotions um at the end of regulation um i'm trying to think the end of regulation is when Hodge missed the free throw, right? Yeah, I, th- I think there were like maybe two different times where somebody missed a free throw that was 
maybe put the game away. Hodge went to the line with us up two with 20 seconds left, missed the front end of the one and one. Uh, Tolu Smith got fouled, made both free throws to tie it at 57. And then, yeah, um, that was when Sean East at the end of regulation tried to drive to the basket, but it got stripped out of bounds. We get the ball under our own basket with like less than three seconds left. The ball goes to Kobe Brown. He's open right under the basket and just misses. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have drawn it up better than that. I mean, that was exactly the look that they wanted. Who, was, who they wanted yeah. to shoot it. And it just like, it looked good. Yeah. Like just watching it in, in like a slow-mo <laughs> replay, it looked like it was perfectly about to go in and just like bounced off the rim weird. I mean, there was probably eight shots in this game like that yeah that and uh i didn't watch the a&m game live so i went back and watched it after the fact and so watching these two games almost back to back there were just so many missed shots at the rim for mizzou and this none bigger than that one that was the game winner yeah and if he if he's in that position 10 times i think he's winning the game there nine out of 10 times right yeah, if, if Missouri did not win that game, that that would have been pretty soul crushing, knowing that they had a had a bunny like that to to win it and and missed. So we went to overtime. Nick Honor opened the overtime with a made three. Mississippi State, of course, immediately answered. That was another story of the game. Every time yes. we would try to make a big shot, Mississippi State would answer. Well, with how you know slow pace this game was and how few points were scored. Uh, this was a complete mistake on my part, but after we hit that Nick Honor three, I was like, okay, I, I don't think we're gonna give up the lead again. I think I think we are just like I think we're good, and we kind of got some confidence here. Three a three point lead in that game was is a pretty big lead. Yeah, there was like the last five minutes of regulation, there were a couple opportunities, including uh, Nick Honor transition three, that it was like that's his shot it was like halfway down is a big shot maker in big moments and transition three that was something doing that when he first uh transferred to mizzou you look up his highlights okay what's what's this nick honor guy about (laughs) it's just him pulling up and transition and making threes yeah and uh so he finally got one to go in overtime and then um tolu smith made a shot to uh, so they answer with a three mizzou gets a uh, empty possession Tolu Smith gives Mississippi State a two-point lead. Kobe Brown has to go sit because he has a bloody nose because he ran into his teammate. And then Noah Carter steps up and hits the biggest shot, his biggest shot of the season. Yep. Um, A three to give Mizzou a one-point lead. Um, Another Mississippi State basket that Noah Carter had the ball in his hands, and then that was just a kind of a mess of a possession that ended in a made basket for Mississippi State to give them the one point lead that's when nick honor ended the game uh incredible shot over tolu smith three-pointer take a two-point lead mississippi state isn't is in a little bit of a scramble isn't able to score at the buzzer that's always a nervous moment mm-hmm. when the ball's just kind of bouncing around and you just oh yeah let just- I want to see that yes. red light on the backboard light up. You like, yeah, you're watching the action, not the clock, and so you yeah. just like don't really know how much time is left, and you're just like, please, just let the time run out. Yes. But uh, Nick Honor, two huge shots in overtime to win this game, yeah. and uh, this was one that Mizzou needed. I mean, it would have been really nice to um, win both of these games, but splitting here is not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, just a fantastic game. 
Uh, one that if Mizzou had lost would have been pretty demoralizing, I yeah, think. Yeah, that would have haunted us, I think. Um, okay, uh, NCAA tournament question. Uh-huh. Missouri's got three regular season games left and at least one game in the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. If they go 0-4, are they in the tournament? So, in other words, are they a lock for the tournament? Are they a lock for the tournament? As of now. I would have to say no. But I think the only way they don't make the NCAA tournament is to lose all four remaining games. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only way they don't get in. Win one of these last three or just win one game in the SEC tournament, I would still, I would be nervous. Like we'd be, there'd be bubble drama, I think, if we lose out the regular season and only win one game in the SEC tournament, I would be super nervous still, but I think we'd be on the good side of the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would take something pretty catastrophic at this point. I think if, yeah, if you win one game at any point, I think you're safely in, but Owen four, That'd be a little scary. I still, so many teams. Yeah. I mean, the the bubble teams that we're talking about, Mississippi State is one of them. Right. And it's just the fact that the rest of the games on our schedule are against pretty bad teams. Yeah. So even though two of the last three games are on the road, I mean, it's LSU and Georgia. Like, you got to, you got to find a way to win at least one of those. Yeah. All three games left, triple digit Kim Pom teams. And then uh, with where Missouri is in the SEC standings, there's a decent, I mean, whoever we play in the first round that's not going to be a quadrant one game on a neutral site so basically if we want to at the end of the regular season and sec tournament if we want to still be able to say that our only losses are to quad one or in quad one situations then we basically have to win four in a row here yep so that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's wild. I mean, they are still, it's still very possible Missouri could get the double buy, like sneak in at the fourth seed uh, in the SEC standings, um, or they could end up as like the 10th seed yeah. or something. And it's just like, <clears throat> there's so much that can happen in a three game stretch. Yeah. So uh, after the Mississippi State game, Missouri's now 20 and 8 on the season, 8 and 7 in SEC play, 62 in Kim Palm, 9th on offense, 203rd on defense. And they improved like 20 spots after that on defense yeah. after that Mississippi State game. Yeah. I think they were in the 220s before the game. Uh, Bart Torvik, uh, that website simming the last, uh, the remaining games has Missouri going 22 and 9, 10 and 8 in sec play resulting in a nine seed sec tournament pending espn uh, and cbs had not updated today so this is before the mississippi state game espn had mizzou as a 10 seed cbs sports as a seven seed i still don't understand the, the like it's three a pretty big discrepancy three seed line discrepancy between the two but the, I, mean, I mean that just shows you like you said how tight everything really is that yeah. it's it's totally subjective like who's got the better resumes it's just kind of what how people feel about it and something that uh unless you're i don't know maybe maybe this is common knowledge maybe you need to be fairly uh deep in the culture to know this kind of thing but uh an 11 seed is like the worst seed for a power five team yeah yeah missouri yeah exactly they're getting 11 seed or you're not in the tournament right that's yeah you can't 12 through 16 is 
basically 100% of the time reserved for automatic automatic qualifiers or a random at-large non-Power 5 team. Mm-hmm. So um, seeing ESPN have Mizzou as a 10 seed, um, even though there's 16 total seeds, that's still... It that is a little scary Yeah, to know that they're potentially one seed line away from the bubble, yeah. Like, essentially. Yeah. And I, in my head, when I'm thinking about the NCAA tournament bubble, I kind of extend that to like the first eight teams out of the tournament. And then they'll do like the last four are going to be in the play-in mm-hmm. game. Yeah. But then the last, the four before that, that don't have to be in a play-in game, I would, I still look at that as part of the bubble. Mm-hmm. And that's like, those kind of, teams are still like not 100% sure if you're making the tournament on oh, yeah. selection Sunday, I would, yeah. I would consider that the bubble. Yeah. So w- nothing's over yet. That's true. Um, I, I like the seven that CBS is going with better though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just so many ways that you can look at a resume, but I feel like if they really are using like the quad, the quadrant system, just to know that Missouri does not have a loss outside of quadrant one. I mean, that's huge. That, that, that's in fairly a, rare in, in a any given season. Power five. I mean, there's only like 10 teams that can say that. Yeah. It's a very short list of teams that can say that. And I don't know. It's a 10 seem a 10 seed seems very low to me. And, um, if you, even if you're not looking at the net or whatever, even if you're taking on board Ken Palm and Bart Torvik and some of those analytic sites, um, a, a team that finishes 500 or better in their conference and is a top 10 offense or top 10 defense. I want to see what that team can do in the NCAA tournament. Oh, for sure. I would hate to see it regardless of how bad it's offense. Yeah, yeah, but uh, regardless of how bad the other stat is, it's hard for me to justify keeping a top 10 team in either category out, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, as long as the record's where it needs to be. Right. Yeah, I mean, I we love the analytics, and we will look at it all day long, but and they're very important to that discussion, but ultimately, I think who have you beat, who would you lose to, I think is still probably the top priority as far as uh, kind of looking at how the, the health of a resume. Yeah, and being able to say no bad losses. That is very rare. Uh, looking at the, you mentioned uh, the SEC standings a little bit. So kind of insane. Um, Alabama still there at number one. They play tonight uh, as we're recording this. They're at 13 and one. Texas A&M right there at 13 and two. And we already talked about that huge matchup at the end of the season. I hope that that determines the regular season champion. Yeah, that'd be really fun. Uh, then third is basically kentucky and tennessee with both with nine wins kentucky plays tonight they're nine and five tennessee nine and six then auburn vanderbilt missouri and arkansas all have eight wins auburn and vanderbilt are eight and six missouri and arkansas are eight and seven and it's nuts because i mean tennessee and kentucky like you mentioned kind of a one one game ahead of missouri but missouri's got the, the tiebreaker on both of those teams yeah so at this point, you're kind of rooting against Kentucky and Tennessee. I don't know. Are you rooting for Auburn just to shoot up to the three seed so you don't have to worry about them? Is that like Probably. the best case scenario? Is you just kind of want Auburn to, to win unless they're playing one of those two teams? Probably. And I think Auburn does play at least one of those two teams. I don't know. It's just a mess. It's a web of everybody playing each other. But Kentucky and Florida are playing tonight and let's see missouri has the tiebreaker over vanderbilt as well right um 
Tennessee plays South Carolina on Saturday, but they end their season with Arkansas and Auburn. That's pretty good. Yeah. But if Arkansas wins too many games, that's trouble. Yeah. And I think I, I feel like I saw Auburn maybe has one of the toughest remaining schedules of anybody. Yeah, they play Kentucky, Alabama, and Tennessee after the Ole Miss game tonight. Auburn does? Yeah. Uh, Arkansas plays those same teams, but in a different order. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's just going to be fascinating to see. It's like it's almost too early to even know who you're rooting for. Exactly. There's only, th- there's only three or four games left on the schedule. It's, yeah. It's really too early to know who you want to win. It's so bunched up there. I mean, we're talking about uh, three through seven uh, all either have eight or nine wins. Yeah gonna be a fun end of the season here Mm -hmm. especially missouri's winning yeah and we can start that off with a road trip uh it starts with a visit to georgia georgia is 16 and 12 on the season six and nine in sec play 131 in kempom 161 on offense 122 on defense georgia not a super scary team but They've done okay this year. I think uh, there was a stretch where, let me see. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got some pretty decent wins, a home win over Mississippi State early in SEC play, and then a home win over Kentucky a little bit more recently. But their last two games against some uh, pretty good opponents, obviously Alabama, they lost that one 108 to 59. Wow. Yeah. And then they just lost to Arkansas last night, 97 to 65. Yeah. That was on the road at, at Arkansas. Yeah. Both of those were road games or tough matchups, obviously. Yeah. I certainly. Nick Smith's back for Arkansas, if yeah, you know that. I certainly would kind of hope that, because I think Georgia's the toughest game left on the schedule, being on the road. Uh, exactly. Like you said, they're, they're not super scary on offense or defense, but it does seem like they've just have played really well at times this year. They've really hung with some good teams. They've beaten a couple good teams. They've played really well at home. I, I, I think they're like 13 and two at home or something yeah. like that. Like they really don't, they don't lose very many games at, uh, when they're at home. Their two home losses though are to Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. They gave up 85 points to Vanderbilt at home and they gave up 78 to Ole Miss at home. That is mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. They're a weird team this year. That is weird. So I'm hoping that maybe at this point, you know, they've, they've tried hard all season. They, they've had some good moments, but maybe they uh, are, are just not playing quite as hard pack anymore. I would love that. The, give me the pack-it-in narrative. I'll, I would gladly accept that. Um, if they don't pack it in, they've got ways to win. Um, they kind of lack, like, an alpha, like, dominant scorer um they're not too i'm not trying to be too insulting here but they're like a team of role players Mm -hmm. basically um i think and they have a pretty deep bench though like they'll cycle through guys a lot they don't have a starting five that kind of like dominates the minutes so they're willing to play with their rotations to try to find some matchups that they like try to find some mismatches um a guy i really like for georgia is Jabri Abdurrahim, uh, he's a bench player. He hasn't started a game this year, but he's shooting over 40% from three in SEC play. And uh, they've got a couple guys off the bench that can kind of be a spark plug. And 
I don't know. I feel like Missouri, especially with it being on the road, you got to really take this game seriously. Mm. But I think Missouri's offense, if it, if this game was at home, I would be predicting a breakout game from Missouri's offense. It's on the road, so maybe I pump the brakes a little bit. But Georgia's defense just really isn't very scary. Yeah. Um, especially, I feel like they're a good matchup for Missouri's offense. Georgia's, I was thinking the exact same thing. Georgia's defense doesn't turn you over. They don't block shots. They close out well on three-point shooters, They but they give up a ton of baskets inside. So where Missouri, earlier in the season, you know, we've talked about kind of their ups and downs, but they were having games earlier where they were shooting like 60% from two, and they were just doing whatever they wanted. I think we can get back to a little bit more of that against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think even if the threes aren't falling for Mizzou, we'll be able to manufacture some offense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking the exact same thing that I, th- I do think this is an opportunity, especially after playing some of these just grinded out teams where yes. they've, they're kind of like sharpened them themselves against these, these kind of crazy defenses here in the last couple of games. I think they'll be ready to just kind of unleash, uh, against a, a defense that is not scary whatsoever, even on the road. I, I do think that Missouri is going to look a little bit more like the team we've enjoyed watching earlier this season where they're high-flying, shooting well. Um, that's very much my hope, at least. And, uh, you know, but, you know, George is really well coached. Uh, Mike White, I'm sure you guys, uh, you know, remember him coaching at Florida. He's, he's a very good coach, and I'm sure he'll be looking for uh, any way he can to, to slow down what Missouri, what Missouri does well. Yeah, I just think if we if we play inside out, and one thing that I've been happy to see from Missouri's offense is an adjustment to get Demoy Hodge doing more without the ball, and getting him some of those cuts yeah. for easy baskets has been huge, and I look for more of that. Um, yeah, it does feel like certain players do just kind of find their their niche as the season goes on, their niche niche. I think it's, I think either both are legal. Okay. Uh, you know, exactly. I mean like Noah Carter in the, with his big three point shot last night. I mean, that is, that is his game. Just kind of pick and pop, mm-hmm. find his spots. Like we don't want him dribbling around a lot or, you know, or really he doesn't play inside a whole lot, but, um, just kind of picking his spots and, and hitting big threes and stuff. Like I think we've seen, uh, some of the players really find uh, how they can make an impact. Go million uh, last night was a great example of that. Yeah, for me personally in this Georgia game, I'm looking for less ISO and more transition baskets, more assists. Um, That's where Georgia is vulnerable. If you can move the ball around, they're closing out hard. So an extra pass, you'll have a wide open shooter or give a good pump fake, you'll have an open lane. I think that's what Missouri needs to be looking for. I think they can do it. I think they can win this game. Even though it's on the road, I do like for Missouri's offense to, you know, kind of remind us of what they can do, why they are top 10 in the analytics. Give me a Mizzou win and the offense wakes up a little bit. Give me Mizzou 83 to 74. I'll take that. Yeah, I think Missouri's going to win too. Um, man, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be surprised if they lose this game. I'm really not. It's we've talked we talk about it every single week. How difficult it is to win on the road and just in unexplainable ways. 
uh, and Georgia's been surprisingly decent this year. But I do think Missouri's going to be focused. I think they'll get the job done. And I think they'll win 76 to 70. I'm trying to find a like a comparable. Okay, so the Georgia, the game that they lost at home to Ole Miss. Let me see what Ole Miss was able to do in that one. Ole Miss won this game 78 to 74. They shot 17% from three. What? That's definitely the opposite of like what I thought you were going to say. But they shot 58% from two and uh, made 22 of their 27 free throw attempts. That matched Georgia's 27 attempts from the free throw line. So I think that's where it is. I think it's uh, you don't necessarily obviously you don't have to shoot lights out from three against mm-hmm. this Georgia team, and they're going to kind of sell out to not let you make threes. Yeah, I think uh, yeah Missouri's got that reputation, so use that to your advantage and get it down, get it done down low. Give it to Kobe, let him go to work. Another interesting thing about Georgia in conference play only, they're the second fastest tempo in the SEC. Yeah, I think that bodes well. Yeah. Ugh. It makes me nervous when everything on paper it's, is looking good. It's coming down like, to this. <laughs> um, after beating Georgia, we hope, uh, another road game at LSU. LSU, one of the weirdest stories. They're packing in, it in. in it, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, LSU, 12-15 and 15 on the season, 1-13 and 13 in SEC play. They're going for that number one pick. Um, they started the season 12-1 and 1 and are 0-14 since then. You look at their, Say that again. They start. <laughs> they started the season twelve and one. You know, looking good. This is promising. Like first year, basically the first game or two of conference season. That's around they, that point. They were one and zero oh in conference play. They beat Arkansas. Wow. And then they have since then gone zero oh and fourteen. So what, like wow. their Kim page just like a block of red. <laughs> Yeah. That's not a fun place to be. No. So what has happened to LSU? Um, well, most recently, they lost uh, at home to South Carolina. Oh, okay, that's not very good. No. Uh, 82 to, se- to 73, they lost to South Carolina at home. Um, so basically, that was the game of, like, who's the worst team in the SEC? And LSU was like, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> they still have KJ Williams and Adam Miller who are solid players. Yeah. I, excellent players. Um, but they're dead last in the sec in offensive efficiency, effective field goal percentage, two point field goal percentage. And, uh, they turned the ball over on top of all that. Is Matt McMahon a fraud? Are we, I mean, is he fraudulent Cameron? Somebody's got to come in year one and not do well i suppose right so we've i mean it's at the point where he's the one you know but that's one and 13 lamont paris pretty bad first year but yeah but not the worst yeah that's true i i feel like i just expected lsu's got a lot more talent than south carolina does right now so it just feels like they should be better than they are yeah which is a bad look for the coach i would agree yeah, things aren't looking good there, but uh, I don't know what their recruiting 
uh, is looking like or anything like that. Now, Cameron, I know you're well connected with the logistics of Mizzou travel. Okay. Uh, do we know if Missouri's going back home between these two games? Because if they're not, that's a little scary. I mean, you're going to Georgia. You might on as a well. Saturday. Yeah. And then their next game is a Tuesday or Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Okay. I bet they go back home. Yeah. It's a noon game, right, on Saturday? Oh, mm-hmm. good question. I think it is. Yes. Well, just that's, that's plenty of time. Yeah. yeah. Come on back home yes. Saturday. and yeah. yeah, that, you know, that Atlanta airport's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I don't think we have anything to worry there. They'll be well-rested for the LSU. Now, uh, it's still a road game, and LSU had their last four games here, home against Vanderbilt, at Ole Miss, home against Missouri, and then at Florida. They got to win one of those last four. So it might come tonight against Vanderbilt. Their next best shot is at home against Missouri. Um, their defense is uh, last in SEC play in three-point field goal percentage allowed. So, Worse than Missouri? Yeah. Wow. 14th out of 14. That's awful. So Missouri's offense looking like an uh, opportunity to go back-to-back with some impressive performances. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to predict a win in both of these, I think. Yeah. Maybe let me go with a win. I'll let you give your score first. Okay. Yeah, I'll say Missouri beats LSU 81-71. Yeah, give me 78 to 73. A little too close, but it'll yeah, yeah it'll probably they'll they'll do that. They like just making the games close so they can win it on a buzzer beater. Yeah. That's that's what it seemed like last night. Oh, man. I was glad. I I was that shot Nick Honor like they could have held the last shot there. Yeah, that, I mean, like, one. yeah, almost everything about that was like not great, like timing-wise, and just like the shot, like per, like the shot percentage-wise, yeah. like kind of falling away, like step back three mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. That's how you get it done. That's he was just feeling it, man. Yeah, it's a big that, moment. He just had that feeling it was going to go in. It felt good as soon as he let go, let let it go too. Two huge shots in overtime. Um, yeah, let's go two road wins back to back. That just saying that uh, doesn't feel like I know it's like Missouri should go four and oh to finish out the season. Like they should be favored in every game. They're the four teams they're playing are not good, but yet it's just like there's no way we go four and oh, right? Like we're gonna stumble somewhere, but and when you just go well, on a game by game basis, if all like season I was saying five and oh. Now that was before we knew that Texas A and M was. Uh yeah, but, but oh yeah 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 I got you. The two home games, then mm-hmm. the nice little bad team stretch to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, if uh, let's say Missouri beats these two teams on the road, finishes off with a home win against Ole Miss, uh, that I'm feeling good about like a seven seed. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, give me uh like the most. 
uh, like flowery outlook that you can think of at this point. Like they, yeah, they finish the season all wins. They get the four seed in the SEC tournament with the double bye. That means they play the one seed, which either Alabama or Texas A and M. We we get a game before that though. That's right. So we win a game, then play the one seed. Yep. So we probably I guess we want it to be A and M. Yeah, we'd probably be playing like a Vanderbilt or Florida in that first game. And then probably A and M. If you get to the championship game or something like that, I think that you're looking at a six at a six seven seed for sure easily. Yeah, I mean, win out in the regular season and win one game in the SEC tournament, we should be well off the bubble. Uh, not going to have to sweat Selection Sunday, and that is what makes me think it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get these two wins. Anything else before we uh, before we sign off here? We do like to sweat, don't we? Well, you said I mean, it out. Yeah, I mean, we're sweating out the end of these games. We're going to sweat out the end of the regular season. That's what we do. And we'll be sweating it out Selection Sunday. And then we're going to win uh, our first tournament game in over a decade against uh, a nine seed and then play like get, Kansas. get decimated by the one seed. Who, what is, isn't, who what, is it not Kansas? Why'd it be Houston? Or? Yeah, it'll be Houston. Yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of first uh, win in a decade, this is the first time Missouri score, scored won 20 games in the regular season since Conzo's first year, I think. Wow. They, they got their 20th win last game of the regular season against Arkansas, Conzo's first year. Then before that, it was 2014, March of 2014. Who wins in a game this year's team versus the 2017 team with like Jonte and Cassius? Mm. I think that's. I think the 2017 team probably wins. That their three point shooting would absolutely murder the this year's team. I think. I don't know. I think they could. I mean, it'd be a good game. I'm sure. Yeah. But I'd like to see a shootout between those two teams, yeah. Robertson and Demoy Hodge, going back and forth. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, that'd be epic. What? Wait, would uh? No, Co- I was about to. I was thinking like Kobe Brown would be playing on both teams, but that's too far back. <laughs> <laughs> they showed that little graphic last night of him and his just like steady, yes, like increase. Like per- man, I just I'm such an old man about this, but. I just I love those like four year players where you just see them like steadily improve every year, just become this like all conference player like from like humble beginnings or whatever. Like man, I just give me those stories all day. Yeah, and that the that specific progression in his points per game from a freshman yeah, to a senior just is just like perfectly textbook spaced out exactly how you would imagine it. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, he's been awesome this year, and his shooting has just been ridiculous. I mean. He's yeah. he's regularly shooting like seven threes a game recently, and uh, let me see if he's still number one in the SEC. I'm back in twenty. I'm back in twenty eighteen. <laughs> uh, Kobe Brown is twentieth in the country on the season at forty six point seven percent from three. In SEC play, he's number one at. 47.5 percent he shoots 47 percent from three yeah that's his game now that is insane he had uh he had a couple opportunities to make just insane plays in the mississippi state game like there was one 
late shot clock situation where he was kind of like rolling out to the top of the key and it had a catch and shoot that he had no business making it, but it was like right there just very easily could have gone in. And, uh, he had like a, he could have hit the game winner. Well, yeah, that too. I was talking more about the three point shooting. Yeah. That, yeah, we're, I'm ready to move on from that. That was a, I don't want to think about that. They won. Yes, I know. It's still scary to think about. (laughs) He had a like step back fade away in the corner on a three earlier in the game that the commentating crew specifically mentioned was like an NBA play. He just does that nowadays. I would have never have guessed he was shooting 47%. Yeah. 40, I'm at 48. I'm rounding up. Wow. 47.5 rounds up to 48%. Basically a coin flip on three point shot. Basically. Um, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. That's it as well, well, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Garofalo, Brandon Hanks. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate you very much. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod, the Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>